This episode of the ACB Advocacy Update has been made possible in part through the support of ACB of Minnesota. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the ACB Advocacy Update. I am one of your hosts, Clark Rockfall, ACB's Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs. And I am Swata Nanda Kumar. I am your other host, um, ACB's Advocacy and Outreach Specialist. And thank you to everyone listening on ACB Media, as well as those who are downloading, listening, streaming, rating, and reviewing via your favorite podcast player. And of course, thank you to ACB of Minnesota for underwriting our podcast. And for those who are interested, you can learn more about ACB by visiting our website, www.acb.org. And you can share your advocacy interests and concerns with Swatha and me by emailing advocacy at acb.org. That is right. All right, Swatha, today we are, well, I want to say we're live, but we're not live. We are <laughs> in one place, and that place is at a in-person conference, the M Enabling Summit in Arlington, Virginia. Yes, and how how exciting it is to be back in person at a conference. Yes, and this conference, uh, all about accessible technology, and, oh geez, we still have to introduce our guest, Swatha. Who do we have with us talking about this topic? We have Katie Frederick, who's the BOP chair, and um, other titles that she can talk about. Many lofty titles for Katie Frederick, member and friend of ACB. Katie, how are you? Doing very well, Clark. Happy to be here on the podcast. I, uh, the podcast again. Yes, this is not my first rodeo with the podcast. <laughs> and actually, I believe that the last time I was on a podcast, we were coming to you from an AFB leadership conference circa two years ago. So. Many, many moons ago. Yes. So yes, whenever there's a conference, there's a Katie Frederick. <laughs> and then there's a podcast recording. <laughs> yeah. So, so Katie, uh, why are you at the M Enabling Summit? Sure. So I currently work for the International Association of Accessibility Professionals, or as we call ourselves, IAAP. And we are a part of the G3ICT group that puts this conference together. So we are under that organization, and so we have a day devoted to our work and our programming as well. So that was today. Um, But we come, we had um, a booth here, and we got to listen to sessions and network, meet some of our members and certificates, and so it's it's really a great opportunity for us to come and um, let people know about our organization and the work that we are doing. And Katie, what would you say the, the main purpose of the M Enabling Summit is? So it's really to bring together industry um, leaders and advocates, people with disabilities, really to come together to talk about technology advancements and how to you know, really kind of as the name suggests, enable people with disabilities and organizations to have that discussion around, you know, becoming part of the of the culture and really 
really getting everyone kind of on the same page in terms of you know technology and access for people with disabilities in in organizations yeah one of the one of the things that I really like about the M enabling summit is that a it's very close to home so there's very little travel involved but setting that aside it is a really interesting mix of uh, technology companies corporate partners the disability rights community Mm -hmm. as well as government so you really have the the three pillars that make uh, technology and accessible technology uh, happen, right? The companies that are developing it and implementing it, uh, in some cases, the government agencies and departments that are requiring it, if it's not in existence already, or providing the civil rights protections for people with disabilities to seek it, and then organizations like ACB or Uh, American Association of People with Disabilities, National Association for the Deaf, who are really the the driving force of the advocacy community, working with corporate partners, providing input to government um, to make our world more inclusive and more accessible. And I think that's a little bit different than what you see at something like the CSUN Assistive Technology mm-hmm. Conference right. uh, or the, you know, the Consumer Electronics Show or even advocacy, um, you know, disability-specific conferences, right? Right. I think that M-enabling, you know, really kind of merges every, uh, everything into, into one, one place, so to speak. So it's not necessarily focused on advocacy or technology, although it is um, maybe a little bit more tech, technology focused, but also again, that, that advocacy piece comes into play and that, that, you know, collaboration piece and discussion comes into play. So it's, I think it's a good, a good balance of, of all of that. A good balance indeed. Mm-hmm. So Swatha, this was your first time to M enabling and your first in-person event. Uh, since you've joined ACB, what did you think? I enjoyed it very much. I uh, really enjoyed um, getting to hear from all of these different um, groups and all these different um, organizations to kind of, that are all focused on the access part of DEI and initiatives. Um, I really enjoyed also getting to speak with the vendors and the other um, professionals at the conference, um, vendors like... Um, there's one vendor, I forget, I forget the name, but like um, talking about inclusive or accessible musical instruction, which is like, I did not know that that was really like a, um, a thing or a field that you can get into. Um, I also got to speak to um, Good Maps, which is um, a part of just, they spoke at our um, convention in July, and it was just like really, just like cool and really, um, and it's really just like interesting and um, to see them and speak with them and to see the product action. So, yeah, and Good Maps wasn't the only navigation uh, technology vendor or you know vendor offering a navigation solution here at M Enabling. So, in addition to 
to Good Maps and the work that they're doing in indoor navigation. Swatha, another one you mentioned was right here, yes. um, spelled H-E-A-R. And what did you think about uh, right here? I like them as well. Um, I, um, yeah, they, they told me they were, they were based on Israel. They thought it was pretty um, interesting and cool how um, like global, what kind of global um, technology out there. So it was kind of interesting to learn. And Swatha, when we spoke earlier this week, uh, you said that one of the things that you really enjoyed about this conference was the uh, global inclusivity and the international perspectives on accessibility. Yeah. um, So there was a panel discussion on um, global progress in global accessibility, um, digital accessibility, and um, it's also interesting how different countries approach it. Um, like countries like Kenya, they will they have like their offices within um, people with disabilities in their presence presence office, which um, kind of makes it more like national or more like um, like seen. Like, whereas having it relegated to like a agency under like a federal bureaucracy, bureaucracy, bureaucracy is going to like make it kind of obscure. And I just find it interesting how countries approach accessibility and approach um, people with disabilities and on their needs. So that's interesting. So in Kenya, um, disability access has more of a more focus from the national level, kind of from the top down. Mm-hmm. And uh, right here was not the only vendor present and certainly not the only assistive technology provider from Israel. Our, our friends at Orcam are Israeli-based mm-hmm. and even one of the web overlay providers, Accessibi, is from Israel as well. And there were some conversations here about web overlays. Katie, were you able to attend those conversations? I was, yes. We had a session about that. And, you know, really, I think it was it um, was talking about the topic and how um, there was some discussion about, you know, how web, how web overlays, you know, can be used to help and how they should also, you know, not be used. And mm-hmm. so the, you know, I, I really was pleased to see that there was that side that said, no, you know, the, the marketing that says one light of one light of code will fix it all is baloney and should not be, you know, that's not appropriate marketing. So mm-hmm. um, I think this is a discussion that will continue in the community, but I do think that you know, for some people, for some organizations, um, an overlay might be a solution that will assist, but ultimately it's, it's really about, you know, bringing in people with disabilities to, to perform that manual testing and, and look at the site mm-hmm. and look at the features. So, you know, just not relying on the overlay and saying, oh, it's a fix-all, because it is certainly not that, nor is it intended to be. Right, right. I I enjoyed the conversation about overlays being a temporary solution. Yes. You know, if you need to offer something and offer it quickly, yes. Um, an overlay might be a a good short term solution, but it is not a a permanent solution. So while you are deploying the overlay, mm-hmm. um, you, 
better darn well have folks testing your websites Absolutely. and working on the remediation or building uh, new websites and new architecture with accessibility at the forefront of design. Uh, because as, as we've seen, uh, we've heard from many folks who encounter barriers when trying to navigate a website using an overlay and getting very frustrated and in some cases angry right. at encountering an overlay. So Swatha, you mentioned uh, DE&I, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, I know one thing that I've been struggling to to build into a conversation is that I, I don't often hear disability included in the diversity, equity, and inclusion conversation. Um, has that been your experience as well? Yes. Um, I like the um, addition of the accessibility into DEI. DEI and A, um, like the conversation around building it in, but also having it be like a component of DEI. I thought that. I thought that was like kind of fascinating, or like kind of um, a way to a like um, a kind of way to like highlight the needs of this like this community. And introduction disability is is in, is integrated in, integrated into the like firsthand into the process of of creating DNI and yeah. Yeah. Um, so we heard from the assistant secretary at the Department of Labor for the Office of Disability Employment Programs, or ODEP. And part, a large part of that conversation was the Biden administration's focus on DEI&A, diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility. We made it to the big kids' table. Yes. <laughs> Woo! So... I, you know, I, I'm still, I still want to keep having conversations with folks. I want to make sure that disability is part of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, the same reason we want to ensure that ACB is inclusive of all people with you know, blindness and low vision. Um, but having the A there, Katie, drawing attention to accessibility uh, do you think that that is an important step? Absolutely. I think I, you know, whenever I talk to people about accessibility, I always say that, you know, yes, ultimately at the end it's help. Well, it's, you know, as we, you know, it's, it's often thought of as, okay, we have to do it because it's the right thing to do or we should do it because it's the right thing to do. But at the end of the day, when I am working with people and I talk to them about accessibility, I say, this is helping me as someone who cannot see the screen navigate your site, but it's also helping someone who, you know, might be viewing the site on a mobile device or might have some other issues that, you know, maybe they don't have a disability, maybe they're just um, getting older and, you know, need some of that larger, large print, or, um, you know, maybe they just, you know, need some of those features. Essentially, you know, when we build accessibility in at the forefront, it helps make access better for everyone, whether they have a disability or not. And I'm, I'm chuckling now because My guide dog Katie's is guide dog Kenzo is in, inserting himself into the conversation. <laughs> and we he are, has something to say. He likes accessibility too. Uh, you know, it's it's been a long pandemic for 
dogs. You know, people with disabilities <laughs> and service dogs alike. So we'll keep this conversation going. Uh, I, I think one of the exciting parts for me about this conference was the the focus on new technologies. Some are emerging technologies that that we know about. Um, like Swatho was mentioning good maps and right here, so navigation services and really what they can do for, for our community and independent uh, travel, but also conversations around artificial intelligence and uh, we'll say XR, but the whole extended reality universe, augmented reality um, using services like Ira and Be My Eyes, right? Virtual reality, um, how you can use full audio video headsets to provide uh, educational services, workplace training, um, and accessible information. And then, uh, oh, geez, what are the, what else falls under XR? Uh, what is it? Well, like the augmented reality yeah. that we talked about. Um, it's, it's all, you know, there's so much going on in this space. And I think, again, back to the, you know, earlier in our conversation, we touched on, you know, again, let's, let's make this accessible from the start. So I think that, you know, accessibility is improving in these spaces. Again, we have these tools and technologies that we can use. Um, but, you know, there's, there's certainly more room for improvement. And especially in things like the virtual reality space, or, you know, even the augmented reality space. I mean, they're, there's a lot that people can do virtually who can see the screen and who can see what's going on. But, you know, I mean, who knows? Maybe someday we'll have virtual reality audio description. I don't know. But, um, you know, there is there is a lot happening in the space. space. And also really, um, again, just the conversation about, you know, today one of the panels spoke about, you know, how do we use artificial intelligence ethically and responsibly and mm-hmm. that's just that's key right you know their ai is helpful but we have to you know we're the humans we have to we have to know how to train it because it learns off of data sets and things so we have to give it the data that we want it to to learn from and manage that and then i think about the the innovative and accessible uses of ai so artificial intelligence, whether that's the automatic labeling of buttons, mm-hmm. um, you know, that the accessibility suite in voiceover is doing now on Apple products or the various services uh, that are providing uh, automatic image recognition, mm-hmm. like a seeing AI or automatic alt text within Facebook uh, you know, is providing equal access and more accessible access to information. But at the same time, AI is also being deployed in the job hiring world. And how do we ensure that these machine learning algorithms are not weeding out people with disabilities who may take longer to complete the application? Or maybe their disability uh, made them unable to work for a while, and the algorithm is automatically removing a candidate that has gaps in their employment history. So I, I'm glad that these conversations are taking part. I'm glad that government, industry, and the disability community are all present 
to be able to provide input. And much like the conversation about uh, web overlays, which also use a bit of AI, artificial intelligence, um, there are also other companies present in this space who are you know, new to accessibility and new to disability inclusion. So they're, they're there you know, almost as flies on the wall, but really wanting to learn and to take back to their own businesses um, the lessons that they're learning from hearing experts in the field talk about these new technologies, both the pitfalls as well as the potential. So, Swatha, any other points that really stood out to you? I guess, who are some of the, some of the folks that you met here at this conference? I met some folks at ODEP, or Office of, Disab- Office of Disability Employment Policy at the Department of Labor. Um, so I met people like um, Lou, I can't remember his last name, but um, I think he's a speaker. Um, a couple, like Lindsay um, Teal from mm-hmm. ODEP. Um, and I also met some other um, accessibility professionals, um, just like independent accessibility professionals or um, like those who are kind of like trailblazers in their company that want to make sure that their product, their product is accessible. So I just kind of went around and talked to a lot of people that talked to the diverse ideas, got a lot of diverse ideas. So. Mm-hmm. And Katie, any other highlights for you? Um, I think just, you know, bringing everyone together. Um, I think, again, um, you know, the, the conversations, the, the networking. Um, it's mm-hmm. just, you know, it's, it's been really um, interesting to be back in person. Um, this was my first time in person in a couple of years. And um, it's definitely um, been a little bit stressful um, from a, a, you know, guide dog perspective, user perspective, and, and human perspective. Um, but overall, I mean, it's, it's gone really well. And I think that, you know, we have some good in-person things to, to look forward to. But, um, you know, just it was a really good three days of learning and networking. And I think it really has allowed us all to start thinking about a lot of um, big issues that are going to only continue to grow and how we, you know, make sure that we as people with disabilities and advocacy organizations and, you know, industry and, and how everyone, you know, how we all can can and need to come together more to keep this conversation going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And closing on a high note, talking about everyone coming together to work more collaboratively uh, I think a, a highlight of day two of the M Enabling Summit was the panel on updating the laws and regulations around uh, accessible technology and communications. Uh, so present on that panel is ACB's Executive Director, Eric Bridges, as well as the CEO of the National Association of the Deaf, Howard Rosenblum and some friends of ACB from industry as well as academia. Uh, So Associate Professor Blake Reed from the University of Colorado Boulder, Susan Mizrui, uh, who works on 
Public Policy and Governmental Affairs at AT&T, and Larry Goldberg, Head of Accessibility for Yahoo, as well as one of the co-founders of Teach Access, um, an initiative to get more accessibility uh, training and instruction in the classroom. So our computer scientists and software engineers are graduating from university and college with an, a, a you know base level of understanding of accessibility and universal design so that they can carry those skills and that learning into the professional world. Uh, the really exciting thing about this panel is that internal to ACB, we've all talked about needing more audio description, having more accessible user interfaces, um, not only for text and audio, but video communication. And, uh, you know, having that conversation with one another. But this was, you know, this was the, uh, the coming of age, coming of out party for these conversations. So it wasn't just advocates talking to advocates or ACB talking to ACB. It was ACB and you know, legal experts as well as companies coming together and sharing in a very public forum what our intentions are in this space and inviting other partners or potential partners to join us in this collaborative effort. So I think that was a, a big success of the CVAA back in 2010 was the, the ability for the Coalition on Accessible Technology or COAT to be able to engage and work with, negotiate with industry um, so that no one was caught by surprise, uh, but that we were able to share with them why these are priorities, the greater impact that these technologies can have and why folks with disabilities need to be included in these conversations so that we can ensure that these technologies serve everyone. Uh, I know there's one panelist here that said they look forward to the day where we can get rid of the, get rid of the label or the topic of accessible technology or assistive technology, and we'll just have technology, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like, why do we need specific technology made accessible? Why isn't all technology accessible? Yeah. Which I thought was a, you know, mm -hmm. it's a cool thing to think about. It's yeah. a great, you know, golden ring for us all to strive toward. So, um, Swatha, any, any final thoughts here on the M Enabling Summit? I just really enjoyed the conversations, conversations, conversations and enjoyed being here and being in person and getting to meet people so yeah that's my highlight yeah and how about you katie um no just you know again really great to connect with with colleagues and peers and um you know really looking forward to the actions that come from the conversations mm -hmm. that started so yeah and certainly uh oh i'd be remiss if i didn't mention uh, Eric Bridges did inform everyone of the Audio Description Awards Gala to, again, bring more attention to accessible media on November 18th. So, folks, stay tuned, and you'll find more information about that.
Katie Frederick, thank you so much for joining us today to yeah, talk about you, the Katie. M Enabling Summit. My pleasure. Uh, what's the next conference you're at? Maybe we'll do another podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I believe, Clark, the next one that I know of will be some ACB leadership conference, right? Happening in March. DC leadership conference yes. happening in person with a hybrid component. We are beginning uh, to plan that whole thing. That's, uh, I'd prefer not to think about that right now. <laughs> so. <laughs> Well, if you're in attendance in person, even well, even if you're virtual, let's do this again, Katie. Absolutely. It's, it's always fun. Yes. And folks, again, if there are uh, accessible technology or inaccessible technology issues that you are facing, you can always reach out to Swatha and me by emailing advocacy at acb.org. And this is still a keen focus for ACB, and we know it is for our members as well. So we'll close this podcast by saying, Keep advocating. This episode of the ACB Advocacy Update has been made possible in part through the support of ACB of Minnesota. ACBM wants to send along heartfelt greetings to all of its family throughout the ACB community. Having hosted two outstanding and invigorating ACB national conventions, they are committed to expanding opportunity for Americans who are blind and visually impaired. ACBM supports the James R. Olson Memorial Scholarship honoring one of its past members, and they continue to not let life during these challenging times slow down. ACBM invites all to their informative bi-monthly community conference calls, ranging on everything from sports and technology to gardening and loving life in the land of 10,000 lakes. They hold quarterly monthly membership meetings, monthly coffee gatherings, and monthly board meetings. To learn more about ACBM, visit their website at www acbminnesota.org or call 612-223-5543. ACBM, a supporter of the ACB Media Network.